I'm DeWitt Bingham. Welcome to the Justice for All podcast show, where we discuss all things social and criminal justice related, from the front end to the back end, and everything in between. You have a right to remain silent, because anything you say can and will be held against you. You have a right to an attorney. If you cannot afford one, one will be appointed for you. You're in the self-incrimination protection zone, where there is no cruel and unusual punishment, no illegal search and seizure. The exclusionary rule has you covered. So sit back, relax, and become sold on this week's episode. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Justice for All podcast show. I'm DeWitt Bingham, your host. Thank you for tuning in to the show that discusses all things social justice and criminal justice, where the goals are to inform you, the American citizen, of your constitutional rights, to provide educational and occupational guidance to high school and college students, and to be a voice for change. I'm excited about today's show because today's guests are two of my Criminal Justice 101 students. This is the first of 15 episodes that will feature my spring 2022 criminal justice students giving emerging adults a voice. So without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to some and present to others the perspicacious Miss Stephanie Walston and Mr. Tanner Williford. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Segment one. Segment one is for the educational and occupational guidance of high school and college students. We accomplished this by having our guests introduce themselves. So if you would, tell the audience where you were born and raised, what high school you attended, your planned major, why you enrolled in the class, and give us one career goal. Let's begin with you, Stephanie. Okay, so I'm Stephanie. Um, I'm a mother. I have a six-year-old son, Mason. I'm also a full-time college uh, student at Heartland. I was born in Wood River, Illinois, and moved to Chatham, Illinois when I was one. I went to Chatham schools from preschool all the way up through high school, and then I graduated from Glenwood High School in Chatham in 2007. I planned to major in criminal justice, and I thought taking your class intro to criminal justice would be a really good starting point for that. I've always been interested in the world of criminal justice. Um, I can actually remember at 14 years old coming home from my freshman year of high school every day and watching the court TV coverage of the Scott Peterson trial. And that's when I really became drawn to it. Um, My career goal, I'm still somewhat undecided. This is my first semester at Heartland. Um, Although I do see myself being interested in a career in either CSI or some kind of investigative work. I've always been really interested and intrigued by the work that criminal investigators do. So somewhere in that area. Okay. Tanner? My name is Tanner. I have two children. I was born in Louisville, Texas, and my family moved all over the states. Uh, We ended up in Pontiac, Illinois. I went to school there until I was about seven or eight. And then we moved to Fairbury, Illinois. I went to Prairie Central um, all throughout high school. I plan on majoring in criminal justice and possibly going into criminal law. And one of my career goals that I like to become is a prosecutor. That is my ending career goal that I set for myself. All right. Very good. Segment two, constitutional rights. The theme of our course textbook is individual rights versus public safety. Dr. James Fagan, the author of our textbook, 
poses the question of if there are times when we should give up our individual rights for the safety of the American people, i.e. 9-11 and the recent insurrection, where the government is getting access to phone records and documents. We all have individual rights that the system must respect. That said, what is your favorite constitutional right? Begin with you, Tanner. My uh, favorite constitutional right is the Fifth Amendment, self-incrimination, double jeopardy. So I'm going to begin with protest against self-incrimination by individual. Okay. So this is where your Miranda rights come in. It happened in June of 1966 in the Supreme Court case called Miranda versus Arizona. So basically, this is saying that any federal, state, or county officers that arrest you, they're required to read off your Amanda rights if they do not, and they start questioning you. Mm -hmm. Anything you say, they cannot present to the courts. Okay. Um, What goes into my next segment cannot testify against oneself. This protects you that you're not required to say anything while you're in court. Anything that you do, it protects you. My next thing I want to talk about is prohibit double jeopardy. Okay. So this prevents you from getting charged twice in the same government body. So let's say the state um, charges you with murder. They cannot charge you twice. That goes into my next one is provides the compensation to individual that property taken by the government for public use. So that segment basically states that the, the government comes to your house and says, we need your property. We need to build something on here. They can do that. So on about that, they have to give you a 60-day notice, and they have to give you what your house is worth at the time. And procedure due process, it protects an individual's life, liberty, and property, um, where you're going to live and how you're going to live your life. And then you have a right for a grand jury. Absolutely. Awesome. Yes, the Fifth Amendment, very important. I plead the fifth. I'm sure our audience has heard that before where a person can does not have to testify. All right, Stephanie. OK, so my favorite constitutional um, right has to be the Sixth Amendment, the right to an attorney, impartial jury and a fair and speedy trial. The main goal of the Sixth Amendment is the right to a fair trial. Um, I think it is a vital part of our criminal justice system. It's necessary to ensure legal and fair court procedures um, that you are considered innocent until proven guilty. Um, The Sixth Amendment also ensures that you can't be held indefinitely awaiting trial. And I think that is so important to those that are innocent and being charged with a crime. I think it's important that everyone accused of a crime also has access to a lawyer, especially the ones that can't afford one. It's very important to have an impartial jury of your peers. Can you imagine America in America without those rights Um, being charged without any evidence or being detained indefinitely? That's why the Sixth Amendment has to be my favorite. It creates a level playing field and it kind of keeps a leash on the government. Awesome. Awesome, Stephanie. The Supreme Court case Graham versus Connor sets the standard for use of force and the police officer's duty of care responsibility. What a lot of people don't know or realize is an arrest is a Fourth Amendment issue, which deals with search and seizure because the person is being seized. That said, what's your thoughts on the George Floyd incident? Beginning with you, Stephanie. Um, okay. So when the video of George Floyd's murder started circulating, I went out of my way not to watch it. I just, I knew it would be horrifying. Mm -hmm. 
I managed to avoid it until Derek Chauvin's trial. Um, but since I am so interested in watching murder trials, I did watch the Derek Chauvin trial, the entire thing. Um, that's when I saw the video for the first time, and it was even more horrifying than I ever thought it would be. Um, but thank God for that video. I'm not sure um, there would have been any account- accountability without that video. It was a clear example of police brutality and just a police officer abusing his power. So when the verdict came back guilty, I was really satisfied. We've seen so many examples, other examples where there was no accountability, like Rodney King and Breonna Taylor and Eric Garner. So it was nice to see a change. And I hope the Chauvin verdict will set the example for police to affect change going forward. Awesome. Tanner? My thing is pretty sad um, what happened to him. Um, I believe Derek Chauvin should have got more time than 22 years that he got. That said, I don't believe those two should have been on the spot at all. There were already multiple police officers there. By the time they showed up, they he, he was in the car. They had him on the side of the vehicle trying to get him in. Definitely with somebody like Derek Calvin, he had 17 complaints already throughout his. Man, he had that and- many? He had 17 complaints and he was involved in three shootings and one fatal. Wow. And his partner, he already had six complaints in a brutally lawsuit. Um, He was in the middle of one during that time. And they weren't even on the spot when they were um, doing all of this. When things got really bad, he was already in a police car. You know, you're talking about somebody that says he can't breathe. He already saying that um, before he even got in the vehicle. Uh, I believe that they should have called the ambulance way before they even put him in that car because you're talking about somebody that um now if he's saying i can't breathe you're having an anxiety attack and if you put somebody with an anxiety attack in a small vehicle that that's just causing for more issues to come and he's gonna freak out like he did yeah um i i, I believe that he should have got more time than 22 years and they literally dragged him back out of the car and he put his knee right on his neck I, I believe all four of them that were Toe, Alexander, Thomas, those, I believe they should have got the same amount of time because they were there. They were all pressing on his body with like Derek having his knee on his neck. You know, he, he he's not going to make it long doing that. I just believe it's sad and they should have had more time. Awesome. In prison. Awesome, Tanner. Before we move on to segment three, let me just state that in the Graham versus Connor case, the case that I just mentioned, the Supreme Court outlined a non-exhaustive list of factors for determining when an officer's use of force is objectively reasonable. Those factors are the severity of the crime, whether the suspect poses an immediate threat to the safety of the officer or others, and three whether he is actively resisting arrest and attempting to evade arrest by flight. So as you guys point out, none of these uh, factors applied in a negative way in the Floyd case. Very good. All right. Segment three, being a voice for change. As emerging adults journeying through life who grew up in a predominantly white America, what say you about White supremacy and Black Lives Matter, starting with you, Tanner. Start with white supremacy. Now, I believe it's out there. Um, when I was in a small town, Fairbury in high school, you had kids raising their Confederate flags off of trucks. And, you know, they they talked bad about 
black people and racial and there were racists. And I, I just don't understand why that happens. Even nowadays, 10 years later, I still see it in adults and, you know, people talking about it. And I believe it's still out there. And it's sad to me that people think like that. Um, when it comes to um, Black Lives Matter, that's that's a whole nother ish, uh, thing that I don't really know how to talk about. Um, OK, so when I'm going to just say uh, that when the Joyce Floyd came on um i believe they they overreacted way too much um you know trashed the city like when everything with all the cities around like got trashed all the stores and stuff um they were promoting it and i I just don't understand why that was happening i think um both of them just needs to back down a little bit and i believe they are out there okay all right definitely Okay, so um, white supremacy, I, I definitely think it's out there. Um, I grew up in a predominantly white area in Chatham. Um, Chatham was super small. There was little to no diversity. However, I was really fortunate to have good parents raise me to treat everyone equally, and we didn't see skin color. I haven't had any firsthand experiences with it, but I've read about it and um, watched it. And yeah, I definitely think it's still an issue in 2021 and then for as far as blm i think they're they're doing a thing um i think being a voice you know and and standing up to the chauvin type situations is a good thing and other than that i i don't know that much about blm all right finally i always ask all my guests what would you like to see the biden administration accomplish beginning with you stephanie um, for me personally, I would really like to see the Biden administration bring down the um, bring inflation and the cost of living. As a college student on a budget, I feel the effects of inflation every time I buy groceries and every time I put gas in the car. And it's hard out here. So um, if he could get that under control, that would be really nice. And also free college okay. for everyone. Tanner? Um, I like to see the the fast track and clean energy onshore. I think that would be amazing for us. Um, it'll clean the carbon dioxide issues that we're having right now with those on layer uh, where it, people just, uh, I, I don't know if anybody you know, really knows about it or anything, but we have a carbon dioxide issue. And I believe if we have cleaner energy that will help with, with that issue with the cars Okay. Electric cars. And that's, I, I think that's a really good thing. And I like to see him push that as far as he can. Okay. Definitely mentioned free community college. What do you guys think about legalization of cannabis? Do you think that cannabis should be legalized at the federal level? Because many states have legalized the use of cannabis. And I asked that oh. question because I remember when I first asked that question in my classroom 25 years ago, nobody raised their hand. And now, when I ask that question, just about the entire class will raise their hand. So what do you think about that, Tanner? Um, federal level, no. Absolutely not. Because I honestly, that means, you know, everybody can do it. You know, the police officers, um, correctional officers, everybody can do it. And I don't think that I don't want some police officer coming out my door higher than a kite saying, hey, what's going on? You know, because chances are he's going to want to eat. <laughs> okay. I just, 
I don't think that is uh I absolutely not. I don't I don't think that would be appropriate okay. for them to do that. Okay. All right. What do you think, Steph? Um, I think they should legalize it at the federal level. We're seeing it get legalized in a lot of states. And if you have it legal in certain states, but not at the federal level, it creates issues, you know? So I just, yeah, I think it should be legal across the board. I don't partake. I respect other people's rights too. Okay. All right. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, Heartland Community College students at the front end of their pathway to a criminal justice related career important constitutional rights, and emerging adult voices on how to make America better. Until next time, keep living your best life. God bless and Godspeed. Mm-hmm.